Hi, this is Jesse with Red Cloaks Radio. It is Friday, November 13th. Joining me today in conversation are... Hi, this is Laurie. I'm from Indivisible Outer Cape and Cape Cod Women for Change. Hi, I'm Karen and I'm from Boston Red Cloaks. I'm Linda from Indivisible Acton. I'm Marta from Boston Red Cloaks. I'm Laura from the Boston Red Cloaks and Advocates for Women's Empowerment. So we thought we would just break it down because it's been such a big week and we would run through the week beginning with Karen. Yes, Saturday at approximately 11 o'clock in the morning, we received the news that Biden had sufficient number of electoral uh, uh, votes to uh, win the election, hurrah. And then the rest of the day ensued with the White House administration uh, claiming false votes, votes from dead people, people who voted twice, <laughs> people who were being you know, ushered in from Korea to vote, et cetera, et cetera. Lawsuits started flying. Everybody else took to the streets and started dancing. Yay. There was. That dancing in the streets, those videos were unbelievably uplifting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, Just, and they rang the church bells in Paris. And yes. For them to yes. ring the church bells in Paris. Yeah. It's been it, amazing to watch like international people just acknowledge the truth. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And international leaders congratulating Biden. Yeah, and it's yes. a week later and the president's still not conceded. Oh. It's never happened. <laughs> because he's a child. <laughs> he's fading though, so He's not on the center stage. Having Harris elected vice president is monumental. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Rock for her. And it, us. Who cried through her speech and Biden's speech? Incredibly moving. I, I did. I did. I cried the whole time. Oh, I'm not, I'm holding on to all of this angst until January 20th. <laughs> that's that's probably smart. You can let it let it all out then. Don't try to contact me yeah. at that moment. Stay away from the cape completely. <laughs> Something big's gonna happen. That's my daughter's birthday, January 20th. So it'll be oh. a humongous celebration. Big day. <laughs> I'm with you, Laura. I know I just I haven't been able to just like really enjoy it. Martha was like, yes, enjoy, enjoy. And like, I don't know. I don't know. I just, you know. And I told you, let's enjoy Saturday and Sunday because on Monday we have to start fighting again. Yep. He is not going to conceive. He is going to be a child. He is going to be a stupid jerk, which he is. More stupid. And then that is when we have to start again all the fighting. Well, and, and I mean fighting in a good sense, even though I will be up in arms if that was needed. Well, it worked out whichever way we took it, whether we celebrated and refreshed ourselves or just stayed in lockdown, ready to fight. Laura, can you then turn our attention to the state progress? Yeah, so on Sunday, we, um, it was kind of a switch gears, right? We were happy. I cried on Saturday, but then it was like, okay, we still have the ROAC to worry about, right? So Sunday we were, um, we, we had all these petitions. The TikTok has, what, doubled uh, the, the number of petitions. So we were trying to decide whether to go down to the state house and do something dramatic with the petition there or um, some other location. And ultimately, we decided to go to a beautiful location in a very, very 
wonderful, generous person loaned us their yard, we were able to take some really amazing, I think, video and um, pictures of red cloaks with the petition. So that that ended up really great. And I think there there were really good reasons why we didn't go downtown. And that was that the Trump supporters showed up sort of unannounced, but that was a big rally um, all day downtown. And also the the numbers of COVID cases in Massachusetts have gone up. And I think it came out really nicely to honor, at that point last weekend, we had about 5,000, a little over 5,000 signatures, which was a big jump. We've been doing that petition quietly since February and getting a little more attention, a little more attention. But the TikTok really reached out to a whole bunch of new people who weren't aware the ROW Act was even happening. Right. Even, you know, even though everyone has certainly tried, there's, there's millions of people who don't know yet. So right. it was great to see what it looks like when you print out 5,000 names, it really honors the spirit of the individuals who are sharing this feeling that the ROW Act as written is so important. Um, but we put it all together and then we did end up the next day going into Boston. Uh, Martha, what was your take on that? Well, on Monday, we went to Boston. We went to the State House and we uh, all, it was five of us dressed in red cloaks and we march from the park to the state house. Uh, it was very emotional. And there we rolled the, the petition plenty of times until we got the perfect video. Then we rolled, rolled it again and unrolled on, on it on the, on the trail, the Freedom Trail. Uh, we had a lot of people asking what it was about, uh, asking if we, if they could take pictures with us, what do they needed to do, what hashtag, what, uh, how to help. And it was very, what's the word? I cannot find the word at this moment, but there was this boy and he came back and he is like, what can I do to help? I'm like, well, you have Instagram, if you have TikTok, if you have Facebook, uh, tell your mom, probably she has Facebook and Twitter. And I gave him a bunch of hashtags. So he took, took a lot of pictures. And so we, we finished the day that day. It, and it was a beautiful weather-wise day. Very, very nice, very sunny. Uh, I think it was in the 60s. So it was very a very lovely experience. It was incredible seeing it stretch out across the whole front of the state house. Hmm. Just really magnificent. And of course, our legislators aren't there and the streets are fairly empty because of the pandemic. And I know we really have tried to avoid putting anyone at risk, but there was there were people who stopped by, but people are traveling in ones and twos. You know, there's no giant crowd on Monday at the state house. It did make me think of how frustrating it is to communicate with the legislature during this time. And I know they're frustrated too, but boy, does it take the wind out of your sails if you want to encourage them to do something because you just, you can't, you can't really demonstrate effectively in live time. Very hard. You know, I, I kept thinking, boy, if this were not COVID, we would all just plant ourselves down there all day this whole week and take right. turns and shifts and really say we're not 
we're not backing down. So the next the next hour, as we were actually leaving there, we got our texts and dings and things that there had been some progress. So uh, I, we got an alert from WGBH that said that um, the Row Act was that um, they were taking up abortion at expansion and that parental consent was going to be eliminated, which was not true. And I called out the uh, the WGBH writer, and he corrected it and said that they had uh, the uh, amendment was supposed to lower the parental consent judicial bypass age to 16. So if you were, were 15 or under, you still needed to get parental permission or go through judicial bypass. Um, about 6.30 that night, there was a really good article in the Boston Globe that described a little more accurately what was actually going on. And the, the Roe Act was attached as an amendment to the budget. Um, so that's what happened on Monday. And then Tuesday, we had a meeting with the Roe Act Coalition. And um, they said that although we didn't get everything they want, they thought that it was a good enough bill. Um, we didn't necessarily go along with that. So I think we all started reading the budget amendment that was um, detailing this. And we all started asking the same sort of questions like, is it possible that they're putting this language in there? And is it possible that they're leaving out the safety net? Um, is it possible that and, and we all pretty much concluded about the same time, this is not your row act. I'm glad we all got together and parsed it out line by line, section by section. Yeah, I'm glad you put it that way. I know I felt like, I think all of us who've worked at this for so long have been broadcasting to our friends, our social groups, our families, coworkers, and, and explaining what the row act is about. And so I know for me, I sat there thinking, I can't just put out a post saying, hey, everybody, call your person and tell them Amendment 759. I would owe it to them to cogently explain why 759 is different because I would never want it to pass and then have a friend say to me, wait, you told me to call, but there was no safety net. I thought you were committed to reproductive justice, meaning access for everybody. And by taking just, just that one piece, taking out the safety net means poor people do not get the extra boost okay. they were going to get to get access. So especially right. after after the, the upheavals that, that that our country has been going through just in the past few months surrounding social and racial justice. That we still yeah. put it out there enough that that I'm hoping that they'll they'll work for the language piece. I did notice that the messaging, like the minute that meeting was over, I know we all got the same emails, bing, 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 from the lead people who have done a great job in amassing a database from all of us writing postcards, all that information we've been helping support them to gather gives them a broader database. So they hit a button, 30,000 people all get the same email. And that email I think was on the cheerful side, but I did notice the posts they did later in the week were a little bit more transparent, a little bit more like this isn't everything we wanted. This isn't the row act. There was, you know, a varying amount of phone calling or texting people. And then we, it brings us to Thursday. We obviously didn't know when they would actually discuss it. We had Veterans Day this week as well with people honoring those who've served or will serve in the future. Suddenly, um, I know, Linda, you're the one who pointed out we could actually listen online. I've had it just playing in my background here. It's the funniest thing to listen. It's totally silent. And then a voice comes on. It's like, blah, 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 and then it's over again. 
Yeah. <laughs> was that was that 759? <laughs> Last night I know I, I happened to see it and I texted a few of you. It was really great kind of watching by text together. It was, yes. Um, so I'll just start out with, you know, I thought Claire Cronin, although I, I've felt so frustrated about all the compromises that were made, I thought she delivered a very strong clear explanation of the urgency around the parts of the Roe Act they kept or Amendment 759. I thought she did a, um, a powerful job laying out certainly the tragedy of people who have abortions after 24 weeks. She seemed to refer to a couple or they seem like similar stories to ones we've heard at different events. Mm -hmm. um, and she looked like someone who was ready to fiercely protect people in that position. And I thought that was very moving. Yeah. And then I think she also tried to lay out, you know, the other things that they brought forward. What else struck people about the presentations? I thought she did. I think it was her that she came right out and said, this is not the row act. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. She said that several times. Yeah. And I, and I was like cheering because I felt as though each of us had said that, you know, already this week we had kept reiterating that and in fact i i think i had even used it in a few places on on facebook and um told other people that because uh, that was what i was hearing was people that were somewhat aware of what was going on were saying oh isn't it great they're gonna vote on the row act and mm -hmm. i'm like no they're not it's still stuck in the committee it's gonna die in that that committee yeah, yeah um yeah. So, but it was good to hear that that opening line. I think it was her opening lines were, "This is not the row act." Yeah, it conveyed yep. the disappointment that maybe she even feels about the fact that it's it's gutted. I also liked um, the representative Haddad, who's from Somerset. I thought she she followed up Claire, and I thought she was. Um, uh, joyful ab about what they'd been able to achieve. Then of course it was spoiled by Brad Jones, um, another old white incumbent <laughs> long past his sell-by date, um, objecting to the budget under the cover of darkness. Mr. Speaker, deep in my heart, deep in my heart, over and over, under cover of darkness. It was 7 p.m. Yes, exactly. I, and I don't know what he meant by that at all because he was accusing him of, of bringing this up only because of uh, it, it was an election year. Uh, sorry, the election's all over. Anyway. Well, uh, hardly any of the arguments that, that followed mm -hmm. from the opposition made actual logic. In <laughs> fact, most of them conveyed a, a complete lack of understanding and knowledge of A, the Roe Act, and B, of um, abortion. I, I don't think any of them have a clue what is actually done during an abortion, right? Then no, none of them know, understand anything about it. No, and they're not open. That too, that they wouldn't like do their homework. It just felt like they were all a bunch of people that that didn't know they were talking nonsense. They're like, if you're going to stand up and talk in front of people, you should do your homework. They exactly. closed their minds a long time ago. They, uh, you could you could do a, a power play of all the aspects of what we what we were hoping for, and and they would just 
think it was fake news. It just wouldn't, they couldn't begin to grasp it. That's not true. I know somebody who survived an abortion on and on and whole thing about parental rights. Jeepers. The uh, whole adoption story. But, uh, like, think that the people that has been in government for a long time, mm -hmm. they, they didn't, there wasn't any science. They didn't know anything. They didn't know better. And the people didn't know better. So they, they gave us a bunch of lies or whatever they wanted to sell and we bought it. But now we are in a different age and people and our kids and young people want to know and we want to know the the truth we are more educated we have gone to college and if we haven't gone we have read there's information we we don't just uh believe everything they tell us we want to know why want to know when we we want the information or if they don't have it we can give them the information but they have now they have to make a more informed decision they just cannot tell us well it is what it is it is not it well is and not. that's that's what we're going to have to do going forward so the yeah. the vote you know total was 108 in favor and 49 opposed some of those opposed were democrats so i think it was extremely helpful that given what we've learned about transparency or lack of transparency it's very helpful to have a piece of paper that shows who voted and how they voted um, and so we won't dig into that for the sake of time today but for people who are listening the key thing to know is what's coming up next is the senate is this friday the 13th the senate's budget has already been released in public and their amendments may come as soon as this evening i think linda heard that um i think it might or it might be monday i'm not okay really so we can be watching for those amendments and we will check back in and we will do another podcast once we have it so that for those who are following this, you can be as informed as possible because I think none of us like being patted on the head and told, just do this, make a phone call. Mm -hmm. We're all people who want to understand exactly what's happening so we can make up our own mind. Even amongst ourselves, if we disagreed, it would be completely fine. It's more important to help make sure people are informed citizens. I totally agree. I yeah. totally agree. And I think going forward, we, we just keep telling our message and we keep pointing out to them the race, racism, the, the prejudice, the lack of information. Uh, and uh, we just keep our eyes on that, on that, on that watchtower. We just, we just stick with it. For people listening, you can check in on Cape Cod Women for Change, on the Indivisible websites, on the Boston Red Cloaks, Advocates for Women Empowerment. Reach out to your senators and you can let them know if you agree that the safety net ought to be included. Think about that parental consent. Our neighboring states in New England do not have it. So the idea that we must have it is an opinion, not a fact. So thank you all for being here. And thank you. It's great to see you day after. Thank you. Good to be with thank you, you. Thank you for all that work, uh, everybody. Um, that list that Jesse, you were able to find and giving us the emergency you know, fire drill to get out <laughs> of our chair and go rush to the computer and watch the, watch hey. the, the session. Thank and like you. we said, while we wait, we'll grow stronger. Yes, we will. Yes. Plan on it. <laughs>